Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Is your faith alive or is it dead? This is the question posed to us in our readings today. Indeed, just because we're here at Sunday Mass doesn't mean that we get a free pass with the automatic assumption, well, of course um, my faith is alive. I'm here, right? It would be easy, but such is not the possibility for us. Indeed, St. James is writing to a community where, indeed, to be martyred for the faith was a real possibility. Persecution in the early church was not unknown, was not uncommon. Indeed, St. James himself was the first of the apostles to experience the sword, the first of the twelve to be martyred in death and in Christ. So he's writing to a group of people who, simply by the fact that they go to church, might actually be killed for it. And yet he writes to them many questions, whether they have faith with works, whether the faith is actually alive. Also, we look at St. Peter, who is the first among the apostles, who is the, the, the greatest of the apostles, the first pope as we understand him. And he professes belief in Christ. He professes faith in Christ. And yet, two breaths later, get behind me, Satan. He himself not above the, the rebuke of Christ. I'm reminded also of a letter from St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. She was writing to her religious sisters all throughout the world. And these are women who had given up everything. They gave up home. They left their homelands. They fast. They pray frequently. They dedicate their entire life to the service of the poor, going wherever they're sent, experiencing great sufferings. We look to them as models of holiness, and yet she wrote and said, in rather simple terms, I fear that some of you still don't really know Jesus. Imagine telling a nun that, who's been a nun for 20 years. I fear that you don't really know Jesus yet. And they can say that of religious who have given literally everything to follow Christ. None of us is off the hook. And so we look at this question of our faith. 
First, what does it mean to have living faith? The reading today from St. James reminds us that faith without works is dead. Who among you, finding a brother or a sister in need, who has no food, has no shelter, who has you know, nothing to keep them warm, if you wish them well and send them off, what does that matter? <laughs> you know, Is a good wish going to fill their stomach? Is well-wishing and an assurance of prayers going to provide them a house, provide them clothes? Faith must also have works. The things that we profess must be things also that we live. To have a living faith is first and foremost to believe in Jesus, to believe in the church, to believe in his teachings, to believe in the scriptures. To live these things is the second step, to know that they are alive and they happen within me. Each of us called to be able to say that, that I strive to live the faith. Even though every one of us would fall short, the simple fact is that a living faith tries to simply live the faith. It's intentional about it. It challenges us sometimes to be able to pick up our cross even when we don't feel like it. To follow after Jesus when honestly we'd rather go the other direction. To be able to lose our lives in this world when everything we want wants to gain it. To save up for ourselves and for our own needs. This is to have living faith. It's to be mindful of the spiritual things. It doesn't mean you have to devote yourself to four or five hours of prayer every day, to read only spiritual readings, to only watch EWTN or the local Catholic network. It doesn't mean that your whole life has to be only and exclusively Christ. It could mean it. (laughs) But it doesn't mean you have to leave everything. But indeed, in the midst of our worldliness, in the midst of our normal daily life, of our jobs, of our homes, of our families, of our schools, there should be an element of which we contemplate at least in some small way, the spiritual things. To have a living faith means that we go beyond the bare minimum because we've experienced something of Christ, even the smallest of things, and we desire more. We desire Christ. If one's faith is alive, if one's faith is characterized by these external works that show forth that the faith is actually alive in the heart, that one becomes a witness to Jesus Christ. Faith plus works equals witness. It's simple math. If we are a witness to Christ, others will follow. Others will want Christ. Others will see what we have and desire it for themselves. It's been proven a thousand times and more in the lives of ordinary people reaching out to others in faith. So what does it mean to have a faith that is dead? In part, it is to do most of these things, but in the opposite direction. Interesting, though, it does begin with a belief in Jesus. Many people whose faith is dead will rightly tell you they are Christian. They will be able to recite, if they're Catholic, some catechism references. They may know the teachings of the church. They can know the scriptures better than people with living faith. But the difference is, all of this belief is solely in the mind. It's a knowledge rather than a knowing of the heart. One who has a faith that is dead is not necessarily worried about living the faith in daily life. 
that what happens on Sunday is separate from what happens on Monday through Saturday. Sunday we worship. Monday through Saturday, that's my time. That's my place. Countless times, one who has a faith that is dead will be able to come and sit in church and listen to the words of Christ himself in the gospel, to hear the words of Holy Scripture that are inspired by the Holy Spirit, to hear a homily that indeed calls us to conversion and yet remain utterly deaf. Just as in our first reading today from Isaiah prophesying the Lord who is the good, the good shepherd and the ultimate the suffering servant, it begins with a reminder that he opens his ears to the Lord. He is not deaf to him. One whose faith is dead cannot say the same. If faith is lost, if faith is dead, no matter what the call of conversion, oftentimes it will fall on deaf ears. They're consumed more with the things of the life in this world rather than the things of the world that is to come. And when it comes down to it, to do the bare minimum is more than enough. If one's faith is dead, if one professes to be a Christian and yet does not actually live the faith, rather than being a witness, they are a cause for scandal. Rather than attracting people to Christ, they become signs by which they say, don't become Christian. It's miserable here. Effectively, that's what takes place. And indeed, there are many people in our community, many who have spoken to me face to face and have told me this exact thing at various times. How many people have said in no uncertain terms that I don't go to church because the people at church don't seem like they live very Christian lives. They profess faith in Jesus. And yet what I hear from them on Monday, on Tuesday, on Saturday or on the other days of the week doesn't really sound like their faith is alive in them. To be able to, to do the things that one does and yet profess faith is scandalous. It's shocking. And it can push people away from the church rather than to it. Away from Christ rather than to him. It doesn't mean that we're all perfect. It doesn't mean that anything that we do is necessarily indicates that we have a dead faith. In fact, uh, again, none of us is perfect. All of us will fall short. All of us will say things or do things that ultimately don't measure up to what it is to be a Christian. But if our faith is alive, usually we recognize it. We're trying to work on it. Usually we're aware of it. We're trying to stop it. We have remorse for it. But for a faith that is dead, it matters not. So it's an opportunity for us today as we come to this holy house of the Lord to pause and reflect upon the state of our soul and especially the gift of faith that we have received. I say it that way because indeed every one of us has faith. Every one of us, by virtue of our baptism, receive the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. They were planted in our soul. They were given to us freely from God, alive, ready to be nourished. Whether they live or die depends upon us and how much we're willing to water them. And that water comes from Christ. It comes from allowing ourselves to follow the Lord with our cross. It becomes a natural irrigation system that will keep our faith alive. It is difficult in many times. And yet, absolutely worth it. 
The wonderful thing about this reality of faith, this gift of faith, is that it cannot be lost. We use the, we use the phrase from time to time, people who have lost their faith. It's not that, this, that they've lost their faith, it's that their faith is dead. The crazy thing is, God can raise up dead things to new life. And this is where we place our hope in the Lord. That we place our trust in Him. Knowing that even if one is completely dead, if they seem completely lost, hopeless, there is still faith. There is still an opportunity to be able to bring them to conversion, to bring them to new life. It may take a miracle, but miracles happen every day on this altar, in fact. The grace of Christ is always with us and will never abandon us. So the word of encouragement for us today is no matter where our journey is in the ways of faith, if our faith is fully alive and the tree is producing fruits to the bursting, or if our tree seems to be but hollow and dead, lifeless and lost, either way, we still have our faith. And we still have our Lord who never gives up on us. To be able to draw close to him, even the smallest of it, is to be assured that his life will increase within us. God raised his son up from the dead. Jesus himself raised up multiple people from the dead. Miraculous things happen if we're willing to witness miracles. And so we ask the Lord to be with us today as we offer these holy mysteries. That the faith that is within us might be filled with life. Whether it is new and fresh today or whether it is lost from days past, then it might come in great abundance. That the life of God might course through our veins. That as we go forth into the world, we might not be causes of scandal, but causes of witness, causes of conversion. That many might be able to see us, to see our faith manifested through our works. And rejoice along with us to come to know Christ Jesus.